0: Welcome to the Truth for Doubt podcast, where we like to talk about theology, apologetics, and try to have a little fun along the way. Join us as we navigate through life from a Christian worldview. All right. Welcome back, Dr. Ethan. Yeah, welcome back, uh, Reverend Michael. Yeah. Rev. Yeah, Dr. Ethan's way better than the <laughs> Reverend Michael. Oh, man. But I do have a Bible that says Reverend Michael in it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So like when I got ordained... They gave me a copy of um, the Reformation Study Bible. Oh yeah, and in it they wrote Reverend Michael Badger. Wow, yeah, it's really weird. You all right over
1: there? I got a hair in my mouth. Sorry, (laughs) that's gross. Yeah. Uh,
0: Well, I do. (laughs) I want to apologize before we actually get going because I probably I think I smell like like just straight up fried food because we went to the country buffet. um, That sounds great. Which is for those of you who don't live in Jackson, Tennessee, what is the place called with all the trains, and it's supposed to be like a famous place?
1: Oh, uh, 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 Casey Jones, it's the Casey Jones, oh, the old country store. Yeah, that's it. The old country store.
0: Well, they've got this buffet, and it's just full of country food, like fried chicken, fried okra, all this different stuff, and I ate a lot of it, and I smell like it now, so if (laughs) you're like, it smells really weird in here. It's fried chicken all over my place. Well, list. that's you don't have to
1: apologize because I mean that's Am I a just great making smell. Making you hungry? Yeah. They, they should make a candle that's just fried food.
0: It's been a long time since I've eaten that kind of food before, though. Yeah, and well,
1: that says a lot about oh gosh, how man. good of a diet you have. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, well, it's all Kayla. So like uh-huh. right now we're eating <laughs> these. Like she put in the blender or the food processor or whatever you call it. Uh-huh. She put in like flaxseed. Oh, what else is in there, man? She she just dumped a bunch of stuff from our fridge into the food processor, uh-huh. blended it up, baked it, and now we have probably 50 to 100 of these little veggie patties and meatballs. And so that's been my oh. diet for the past, like, two weeks. Are they good? I mean... Put you on the spot there. I mean, like... <laughs> Yeah. I mean,
1: even as oddly as, as your description was, I, I mean, I want to try them. They sound good.
0: If they're covered in barbecue sauce, they are very good.
1: Okay. So they're not a, like a sweet. They're, they're
0: more savory. No. Uh, I mean, is there like a middle between savory and sweet?
1: <laughs> I don't, bittersweet? I don't, I don't, a what what would you call maybe? that? <laughs> but, okay, so here's I, the thing. Here's I didn't thing. say that. So
0: I feel... I f- I would feel bad saying that, but she hates them. Like, she oh. can hardly eat them. Aww. But, like, I, I'm all right with them. Like, they're you not, should have brought them. Bland, we could have had a,
1: a live taste test. Yeah,
0: we could have. Hey, there you go. That's Next time. That makes some good listening right there. That's taste right. tests.
1: <laughs> yep. What are those videos where you? it's like a sensory thing where you're just supposed to listen to somebody eat? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't that know. Is, I think it's called, like, ASMR or something it's like, like that. It's a whole thing. It's really kind of... It creeps me out. They had a... Super Bowl commercial of ASMR. Really? Where. This past Super Bowl? Yeah. Where somebody was like talking into the microphone like this. I don't know. It just, it could be like open a Coke and it's like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right, right. But like these videos are really strange because it's just people like brushing their hair or like, like we, I don't know, we have these foam pads for like the soundproof. And so it would just be somebody rubbing their hand over the pad and just making that noise. And People like love it apparently. Oh my gosh. So it was. It's really strange. Huh. So interesting. Yeah. Speaking of videos, I told you to look up this guy named Alex Honnold. Honold. Arnold. Uh,
1: it's Honnold? so on one of the videos he says his name. Okay. And it sounds like it sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger saying the word Arnold. It's like. Arnold? Arnold. Really? Oh, so the H is silent? I, I don't know if that... That's okay. just hearing him say it. That's yeah. kind of how it sounded.
0: So H-O-N-N-O-L-D. Yeah. Alex, that guy. Yeah.
1: So he's a free solo yeah. climber. A
0: free solo climber. Oh, yeah. Meaning... Yeah, go ahead. By the way, for those of you listening, we talk about just like normal stuff to begin with before we get into like the heavier stuff. So if that's not for you, fast forward like 15 minutes and then you'll be good to go. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll talk about things that are not... Stupid, I guess. Yeah. 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 But, uh, so yeah, like roughly 15 minutes and then you'll be good to go. But yeah, so I, I have heard about this guy or I heard about this guy a little while ago watching some sort of like short, like some documentary short on National Geographic or something like that, I think. Okay. And, but then he just kind of popped back up because, uh, they just did a, new like movie about him free soloing so you were explaining free soloing so keep explaining free so free soloing
1: is different than free climbing so free climbing from some of the videos that i watched of him explaining it is climbing by yourself but you have a rope right free soloing is climbing by yourself without a rope all you have are your climbing shoes and a bag of chalk
0: and that's it it makes me want to throw up it's it's terrifying. It's so scary. Yeah. Yeah. But I couldn't look away. Like it just like again it kept popping up on um like I don't know on like YouTube or whatever. Yeah. And So I know
1: why. I can give you the the reason.
0: He was in the Oscars. Yeah, and like it won. the documentary. Yeah. Oh, it did win. Yeah, it that's won. That's cool. Yeah. Like that's the only thing I care about cared about with the Oscars. Yeah. Other than that whatever, I don't care about Oscars. I, I was much. interested in the
1: Oscars. And yeah. I was really sad that uh you can't you can't stream the Oscars.
0: Oh, I'm not surprised. Like
1: without having to pay for it like yeah. like ah, a, like okay. a big football game or right. a fight like you can't just watch the oscars yeah I, I don't it was really frustrating
0: man yeah i just i don't care about the oscars just because it's it's a lot of people patting themselves on the back for making a lot of political france yeah. and stuff for their speeches and i'm just not about that just just entertain me with your movies. That's yeah. all I want. I'm
1: always interested to see who who like wins and doesn't though. Yeah, you know, because yeah. like that movie Green Book mm. with Mahershala Ali. Yeah. and the other guy, um, apparently, like in everyone's like prediction videos, it actually was in like last. Like nobody yeah. predicted it to do well. See, I and it, it was, was the one really well. that won. I think Best Picture. Yeah, um, and then the yeah. guy who played Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Um, which I still haven't seen that movie either. Yeah, I haven't I'm interested. I I, I'm I'm a movie buff. Sure, I like seeing the movies. Of course, we have, you know we don't go now. That we have Heidi very much, but
0: right, right, yeah. Well, anyway, so this this Alex Honnold guy, mm. like watching some of his videos yes. and watching um the like the way that he climbs. So some of these things he climbed El Capitan in the Yosemite National Park. Yes, which with, is
1: like what over three thousand feet. Yeah, tall and or
0: something. Doing it with no rope and doing it to where the only thing that you can hold on to is like the width of a pencil. Yes. And, oh, like, oh, my, like right now my hands are sweaty just talking about it. Like, ah, like, oh, it scares me so much.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I, so I watched a, a video of him. It was pretty funny. He mm-hmm. was, uh, critiquing famous climbing scenes. Oh, I uh, saw that too. Scenes, yeah. From movies like vertical limit right. and uh cliffhanger and yeah, other movies. And, uh, and like, did you notice how large his hands were?
0: They are massive. Like, not not just like big, but they're like thick.
1: Yeah, like it looked like he was wearing padded gloves. Yeah, but he he wasn't. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, it really, really crazy. is. I can't even imagine the mindset that you have to go into this kind of thing with. Because did you hear that they did like an MRI scan? So I haven't been able to see the documentary that they did that that one. But I'm hopefully yeah. going to so see. So I
1: think the documentary is called. Actually called free solo, free soloing, yeah, or free solo, just free solo. Gotcha. I think. Well, I
0: apparently could... in this documentary, they and whoever's listening can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, <laughs> they do like an MRI scan where they they give him just like stimuli that would activate the like the fear center in his brain, oh, um, and see how like much activity is uh, that lights up that particular part, and. And I I don't know how exactly they did it. I don't know if they just showed him pictures of stressful situations or or something like that. But uh, apparently, stimuli that caused just normal everyday people like a lot of stress, just like looking at these pictures or whatever, Mm. like caused almost like nothing in him. And then they also compared him uh, to other free solo climbers. Okay, um, the same MRI test, and he's even by and far like lower than they are. And so he just has this ability to compartmentalize fear and to just work around it and to be thousands of feet up in the air, have some ha- make a little mistake and not just freak out and think he's going to die and then yeah. make a larger mistake. And yeah. it's, it's incredible.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I can imagine being in the situation where like any small movement means life or death. Yeah. I mean, it, it would have to be next level, you know, right. I, in one of the, uh, one of the videos I saw of him, Uh, It was a buddy talking about him. He was like Alex. He was like even if you ask other really experienced climbers, Alex is like on a different level. That's how they describe him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And this guy lives out of the van the
0: majority of the time. I mean, he just travels around. He doesn't care about like about the fame or anything like that. And you can kind of tell by the way that he goes into these interviews and things that Mm -hmm. like some of the questions like at the Oscars, they're asking him like, "So is this exciting for you to be at the Oscars?" And he was just like, "I mean." I don't really know anything about movies. <laughs> uh, I didn't see like, that. That's awesome. I don't That's know awesome. who's here. Oh, like this is this is more important, really, for like the filmmakers, that kind of. So he has that mindset. Right. And uh, and he's just a cool man, cool dude. And like, I just wish that, man, there are so many things in my life that cause just ridiculous amounts of fear and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, if I could just have. That sort of, like, ability to compartmentalize that fear and to just overcome it, like, that's something that I pray that God works on in my life, honestly. Because, like, when it comes to, like, public speaking, when it comes to, I mean, like, I've preached a lot. But mm-hmm. every time I go up to preach, like, my legs are shaking, like, my yeah. palms are sweaty, knees weak, yeah, palm spaghetti. Right? All that kind of, of stuff. Of course. Yeah. Palm and,
1: spaghetti. Uh, <laughs> Look. I'm so glad you made that reference. <laughs> um, no, I'm I'm the same way. I uh, and, well, and so so he did a TED talk, and it's only like 11 minutes. So I watched it this morning, and uh, in he actually talks about how he deals with fear a little bit, mm-hmm. and his biggest thing, or I, the biggest thing that I, I guess I remember him talking about was visualizing. Like he says he uses he uses visual visualization, like. Uh, like for him he almost memorized the entire rock face and like knew certain positions and he knew like the good holes and where to put his hands and feet and all this other stuff but he would like practice visualizing doing it like even to the smallest degree like visualize putting his hand somewhere and and doing it right and um i don't know it's just really interesting but yeah i because that's me too i mean leading worship i've done it countless times and I don't really get as nervous in front of a crowd. Like, I don't mind that. I get more nervous about the worship part Mm -hmm. because I want it to be good, you know? Um, Like, not just skillful good, but, like, not distracting. Right. You know, I, I want to be able to...
0: Sort Lead of, people to worship God, right, without right. like getting in the way of that. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah, you know, leading this congregation to Christ. You know, because really, I mean, Christ is our true worship leader. You know, but for me, and it's funny, we were talking about I have trouble speaking and and really, I, I really have trouble leading. Um, I, I can play songs and sing. That that part is not hard, but I have trouble really taking ownership of that role mm-hmm. and speaking. Like confidently. And, and I, I think that's, we stopped talking about that earlier. Yeah. That's where I was going with that. Right. Um, right. Is uh, like, and it's because of fear, maybe, or I don't know. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, scared that I'm going to mess it up or maybe
0: that I'm not worthy. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, I think it's um, just like a, like a smorgasbord of, of all of these different things. Cause I, I kind of deal with the same thing when it comes to like leadership because, mm-hmm. um, and, and not when it comes to like like uh, worship leadership because I I have absolutely no musical ability whatsoever. We've but, covered
1: this. You said that you play the ukulele. Oh, that's true. Episode yeah, one. Never
0: mind. Sorry, I, I retract what I said. <laughs> I can play five chords on the ukulele. Uh, but but yeah, and I, I think for me when it comes to comes to like the the leadership thing, it it, it comes down to like one. It's it's a big fear of failure, yeah, which. I mean, going back to that Alex Arnold guy, like for him, he has to completely ignore the fear of failure because the fear of failure means death. I mean, you're a yeah, thousand I mean, feet. Uh, you fail, you die. You fail, you die. And for me, when I th- I I have this this fear of failure of like just uh, disappointing the people that I'm supposed to be leading. Mm-hmm. I have this fear of failure of just being bad at it and mm-hmm. people. Um, I don't know. Sometimes in the church, and I don't mean to talk bad about the church. The church is amazing, and it's the body of Christ, and it's wonderful. Yeah. At the same time, it's it's full of sinners saved by grace. That, that's true. Um, and man, I feel so bad sometimes for pastors because people can be unbelievably hypercritical when it comes to like sermons and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so when I go up and I deliver a sermon, or I I am working on uh, how. I'm going to be a leader of a future church plant, mm-hmm. know, like in the next year or year and a half. Like I, I'm just like, oh my gosh! Like, I don't want to fail at this because there's like, so many people looking at you under yeah. a microscope, and all you're of like these hyper aware of
1: all the little things that you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: And and everything comes back to you, um, right? And, and that that's that's not a bad thing. You know, being able to take ownership for something like that is a good thing, and it it what it's part of what God uses to grow us and put us through trials to, totally. to make us realize that we have to depend on him and not the opinions of others. Right. But yeah, man, I, I totally understand like that. Just fear in general can be so crippling. It can be so, yeah, I guess crippling is probably the best word for it. So,
1: yeah. So what we should do, I guess what we've learned from Alex is pretend that we're going to die if we fail. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You just Why not? yeah well or yeah no that's fine yeah if you fail you die if you fail you die You fail you that way you have to succeed exactly right (laughs) somehow i think that's the opposite lesson we should probably take away from this
1: oh my goodness
0: (laughs) maybe Mm. maybe the lesson should be if you fail at least you're not thousands of feet up on a on a cliff and you're gonna tumble to your death so, yeah. if I fail, I don't die. I just commit heresy.
1: It's not a big deal. <laughs> no big deal. Oh, my gosh. It's not a big deal if you do fail because you're not going to die. It's not the end of the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. There we go. Thanks, Alex. And no one's really going to judge you, not if they really care about you.
0: Yeah. 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 Thanks, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Same to you. I care about you. I care about you too. <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, that was like roughly 15 minutes of nonsense. Yeah. Or not nonsense. Cool stuff. It was like good stuff. Free soloing. Yeah. It's awesome. When you started the timer
1: a little bit late, too. So I did. It's yeah. definitely been 15 Whoops. minutes, I think.
0: My bad. No worries. Well, going into more more heady things, last week we started this book called The Coddling of the American Mind, and it's it's all about how... Uh, a lot of universities and a lot of people in, in younger generations and in the millennial generation as well, but a lot in the iGen, the generation that came after millennials, they're, they're honestly, they're being coddled by universities, they're being coddled by um, a lot of times their parents, by trying to overprotect them from negative stimuli and the such, um, and also the opinions of others and how that is uh, really affecting not only not only their their own life and their ability to uh, their ability to to function well within society but but how it affects society as a whole and how it creates these these people who are quick to judge they're quick to they're quick to just jump on their the first emotion that they feel about yeah. one particular thing and then going off the deep end um, without thinking about it first and, and how that's a bad thing. And it it devolves the country down into tribalism um, where it's yeah. just tribe versus tribe and right. whatever is other them. is evil. Yeah, us versus them. Right. Exactly. And so that leads us into the the actually third chapter. We skipped over the second because it was a lot about <laughs> I just didn't want to go over it. Like, I was
1: <laughs> so, so you messaged me earlier yeah. this week and you're like, hey, man, like, you know, we should read chapter three. And, and I didn't skip a beat. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. um and then I realized that as I was reading chapter three I never read chapter two so yeah I don't I don't know because <laughs> at the end of, oh you didn't read it at all no right okay. well I mean I, I will you know I'll go back and read it sure, sure. um but uh it, it's just funny because at the end of chapter three he's like all right this is the end of the first part of the book mm-hmm. now that we've covered these these three um what he calls untruths mm-hmm. um then the book continues and he and he talks about sort of how these untruths have caused other things to happen on college campuses, so on and so forth. Yeah, But I just kind of laughed to myself when I read that because I-, I thought, huh, I only know two of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's my fault, man. Maybe we should have read... gone over, no, over the it second was... chapter. No, Maybe we, we
1: can just go out of order, right? Yeah, yeah why not? Why well,
0: not? okay, so the reason why I wanted to skip over the second chapter, even though it's it's still really good, but it talks mostly about um, cognitive behavioral therapy. Oh, um, okay. Which well, that's um, pretty interesting. Yeah, it is really interesting. Uh, but a lot of it was also tied to um, like evolutionary biology and things like that, and mm. which is a conversation that we can have, and we can have more of an apologetic conversation focused on yeah. um, uh, on evolution and kind of the this this kind of groundswell of of Christians who are starting to. Get into uh, theistic evolution, which is um, basically God guided evolution. Okay, um, yeah. And so we can actually have we can have that conversation, but that I, would be I, very interesting. Yeah, I think it would be. So maybe maybe that'll be our next um, topic. But the one today that I wanted to talk about is um, it was the us versus them chapter, and this chapter is talking a lot about how when people in college are are encouraged to jump onto their very first emotion and to um, warp reason and logic around that, mm-hmm. it um, sometimes devolves into this this us versus them mindset. Yeah. And where they view anything else that is it is outside of their tribe mm-hmm. as bad and as yeah. evil.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> it's funny you say that. So reading this chapter, I couldn't help but... <laughs> I couldn't help but think about this this clip, and, and I'm going to play it real quick yeah. into the microphone, and I'm hoping that it picks up without being too loud. Just get a right up in that. But this is this is all I could think about. Um, evil. So that's Mermaid Man from uh, SpongeBob. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that or not, but every single time someone mentions something about evil, he he's he's, he's that's hilarious. <laughs> he, uh, he's just this uh, kind of senile old man. But I, I couldn't help but think about that uh, because, yeah, I mean, it's genuinely sort of that same response. You know, um, people, especially young, young people our age and younger, are sort of entering into this mindset of, you know, if you think differently than me, then you're bad and I'm good or or I'm bad and you're good or or really um and, and the chapter and we can get into this a little bit more, but the chapter talks a lot about sort of the role of power and mm-hmm. oppressor versus the oppressed. Yeah. Um and and yeah, sort of forming these more, this tribalism idea, Mm -hmm. just based on ideas. right? And not only ideas, but sort of moving that into um, differentiating in in race, sex, and religion, and and all these other things. You know, just like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. people begin to separate into these tribes of similarities, of of individuals that are all like-minded, that it's yeah that have this us versus them right sort of mentality. Uh, it's dangerous.
0: Yeah, and what's what's even more important that you that you hit on was that it's not just that these individuals are broken up into different tribes of uh, like you said, not only like like minded people where right it, where the main focus on um, is on ideology. But people of the same same race, ethnicity, and even like sexual orientation, mm-hmm. um, how they are blocked off, and if you're not of that group, then then you are then you're bad, or or you are part of another group that's oppressing their group. Right. And and you what you touched on was really important. I'm actually really surprised that the book and um and maybe I just didn't read it carefully enough, but this this idea of oppressed versus oppressor is a very postmodern idea. It it comes from um, a postmodern mindset. Okay, and
1: define postmodern.
0: Yeah, so postmodernism, it came after modernism. Okay, Um, define modernism. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um, modernism kind of started to arise in uh, the Enlightenment era. Okay. Um, where people were starting to get tired of the medieval church and, um, and some, some, some superstitious beliefs. And it started to evolve a little bit to the point where uh, man started becoming the measure of all things. And anything supernatural kind of took a back seat. And you have some kickbacks to that in forms of romanticism and existentialism. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, modernism, where it was always forward thinking. Uh, man, again, was the center of all things. Um, I see. Reason and logic were, were king. Okay. And so that lasted all the way up until roughly World War II. Okay. Where people started to get away from from modernism because they saw what it led to, which was two great world wars. And modernism led to Marxism and communism and Nazism and all these different horrible right. man-made Things right, and so postmodernism started to rise up to kind of take its place, mm-hmm. and it started to question man's ability to reason. So, what a lot of Christians, however, think of when it comes to postmodernism, and you'll hear this a lot. So, po- mm-hmm. postmodernism um, also goes against the idea of one centralized truth. So, there's no one particular truth, and that usually manifests okay. itself in the Christian realms of there's not just one particular. Religion that is true. All religions mm. are true.
1: All roads lead to God kind of an idea. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We're okay. not even God But like if your religion is is Buddhism where there is no God, mm-hmm. then that's just as right I see Postmodernism is totally fine with contradictions um, post-modernism is is a um, rebuttal against the idea of meta narratives mm-hmm. uh, So basically that means they don't believe that there is one overarching story to life mm-hmm. and if you mm-hmm. claim that there is then you are bigoted. You are closed-minded. Right. And you are all these you know horrible names
1: because you're oppressing. You're oppressing. Yeah. Their ideas.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, and that's a key point to postmodernism as well, mm-hmm. because there's this man named uh, Jacques Derrida who is considered one of the fathers of postmodernism.
1: Mm-hmm. We've talked about this guy
0: before. Oh, okay. Gotcha. No, continue. But oh, yeah. Well, so anyway, he has this idea uh, that. The world can basically be split up into this this power struggle mm-hmm. where power at all is all that matters. And people use truth um, or truth claims in order to oppress other people. So Christianity uses their one particular truth claim to oppress those who aren't Christians. That's kind of his idea. Mm-hmm. But what a lot of people don't understand is that, um, and what I didn't understand for the longest time, is that postmodernism isn't only just a, an attack on... The idea of truth, but it's also a kind of a reskinning of uh, Marxist ideology. Right. When it comes to Marxism, so Marxism was all about economic class warfare, right? Right. So you had the proletariat versus the uh, the bourgeoisie. Okay. And it was always the proletariat being being oppressed and stepped down upon. Mm-hmm. Um, and that
1: was like the working class. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and it caused some of the greatest uh, world—what's the word I'm looking for? World tragedies that, that we'd ever seen. So think of like the gulags in in Russia, uh, the things that happened uh, in Italy with uh, Stalin in, right. uh, in World War II, and all these horrible things came from Marxism and mm-hmm. came from this idea. And so postmodernism is actually kind of just a uh, a retelling of Marxist ideology, but instead of doing class warfare it has now moved, has moved more towards this tribalism, and it's still about the power struggle. Mm-hmm. And this is a very dangerous idea uh, when it comes to, when it comes to Christianity, uh, because we we sometimes see that even within our own, even within our own Christian subcultures, I right. think, as well.
1: Yeah, um, it, you know, and it's interesting, the, uh, so, so the book Mentions this idea, and I may be backtracking here a little bit, but uh, the book calls it the principle of charity, mm. which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and I'm, I'm kind of taking it back to these ideas. You know, saying things that may be, you know, I may say, I think this about the world or about life or about religion. This this is what I hold to be true, mm-hmm. and you may disagree. and 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 that may offend you that to me this is truth this Mm -hmm. is absolute truth and for you hearing that may be offensive but you can take that in one of two ways you can take that as me just saying it to be saying it Mm -hmm. um sort of expressing my own thoughts or you can take that as me saying it to, to be harmful to to you right. and to oppress you right and, and and that's kind of what this idea is about and and the book and this is a quote from the book it says uh, there is a principle in philosophy called and, and rhetoric called the principle of charity which says that one should interpret other people's statements in their best most reasonable form not in the worst or most offensive way possible and it's re- just really interesting um because we uh, it's just such a noble idea, and, uh, it's, and it's basic. Right, yeah. But so many times, even within Christianity, we don't really do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this is an issue that we have when it comes to uh, viewing the world as, as tribes and as, as Christians also doing that, as, as Christians not working hard enough to be in the world and and having dialogue and conversations with with those who who are others because yeah. there there is a i guess a type of of separation in the world that that does matter uh, or gender doesn't matter um, skin color doesn't matter all of these things they like, they don't matter the only thing i mean they matter in the sense that there is male and female yeah but so when it comes to yeah define when it comes to when it comes to like one having more value than the other Mm -hmm. doesn't matter
1: and it sounds you know from what you just said it sounds like you would the way that you approach that is really coming from the from the common humanity sort of side of identity politics right that that the chapter like that martin
0: luther king went for right right i mean that's what martin luther king always appealed to was the common humanity and uh, in all people
1: right we're all the same don't judge a man by the color of his skin but by the character yeah. you know uh, you know um, right
0: right and that's that's what I meant when that's what really matters right um, but, a man's heart yeah exactly yeah. but when it comes to Christians mm-hmm. nothing their someone's skin color someone's um, gender does not matter and right. so the only we're all real, brothers and sisters yeah so the only real separation that is in this world is of believers and unbelievers and that's the only separation and even there it's it's not this this thing about power because with christianity we are supposed to view those who are for just because we're using this terminology outside the tribe of christianity outside the faith of christianity as people that we are supposed to be willing to lose our lives for yeah, And that is a completely different understanding than the postmodern view of uh, tribalism, Yeah, where it is only this vicious, horrible, oppressed versus oppressor, bloody conflict right. that is supposed to be going on.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that, like that's, that's exactly the thought I had this morning reading through it was as I'm kind of going, going through these different ideas, it really made me sad. And I was thinking... Gosh, this kind of really is how the world works. And like, it's just really sad. But then I you know, I couldn't help but think, you know, if Jesus was reading this right now, what would he think about the world? Mm-hmm. Um and and this idea of tribalism, you know, and this idea of common identity or a common enemy of politics whereas, you know, me and you are together and we find a common enemy. And we over, you know, we overtake that enemy, and 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 our numbers grow. And then that group finds a common enemy and overtakes that, and your numbers grow, and and you grow that way. Or you know, versus the common humanity where it says, no, we're all the same. Like we're all brothers and sisters. And I couldn't help but think about, yeah, like like Jesus. He said, love your enemies. When when someone hits you, turn the other cheek. You know, when someone steals from you, get, you know, give them more. Give them the cloak off of your back, you know. And this idea, it's just not, just not how we think. I don't, I don't know. It was just a thought that I had. Yeah, yeah. And reading we, through it.
0: And what's what's horrible is that I, I mean, this whole idea of tribalism. I mean, and they make the case for it in the book. It's just based off of these these false narratives of these kids who, um, and I say kids, and I throw myself in that category too. I mean yeah. Millennial generation and and younger. But a lot of times there's, there's this idea that there is a nobility to being labeled a victim Mm -hmm. and not only being a victim, but, but thinking that you are, you are standing up for other victims, kind of like this, uh, this white knight mentality Mm -hmm. gives them a sense of purpose and belonging Mm -hmm. and this, uh, Um, this ability to say, yeah, I belong to this group and I fight for the rights of this group and and that kind of stuff. Right. Um, when in reality, man, I think tribalism, honestly, it just comes back down to idolatry. It comes down to people placing, oh man, just everything who they are into something that is literally skin deep. Yeah. And, and replacing, replacing that sort of shallowness with the almighty God. Right. Um, and finding their ultimate identity outside of Christ. And that will ultimately lead you to things like this. It, you have to fill that void with with something. Mm-hmm. And for these people who, who retreat into tribalism, it's um, it's this victim mentality, and it is well, and it's and sad.
1: I thought it was really interesting how they talk about studies that they've done, um, I think like back in the 60s and even more recently, where they just arbitrarily divide people into two different groups. Oh like, yeah, even just by like a coin toss. F- right, a coin toss uh um or I think there was one where like they had them fill out questionnaires and oh no, it was a uh, dots on a page and they had them guess how many dots were on the page and they just and and it didn't matter what they guessed. They just randomly said that half of the people overestimated and half of the people underestimated. Um and then they took they, they somehow had a way where you could place value. So like each person could place value on every other person and they consistently placed more value on the people of their same group. And, and it, and it didn't matter. Like <laughs> it's they, but, but because they identified with somebody that was somehow in their same, like like them yeah. or, you know, in their same group that, it's right. it's it's so divisive. Yeah. And I and I can't help but think like uh, and and they talk about it being like this evolutionary thing mm-hmm. where it's like literal tribalism right. where our tribe has to be stronger than your tribe to survive. And and I can't help but think about um just the darkness of man's heart.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean
1: that's it's just sin, you right. know.
0: Well, see, yeah, see I was going to say the same thing. Like like you said like with some of this tribalism, some of it yeah, they, they accredit it to evolution, but like you said, ultimately, like we know that it, it, it comes from sin. It comes from just a sinful heart and a desire to see people as others. And I think you can also see it in Christians as well. You see it in Christians who, like I said before, they don't want to go out there and actually share their faith. They view unbelievers as... Um, you know as icky and as like as, as you know gross and they don't want to have anything to do with it mm-hmm. they would bulk at the thought of of a of talking to the guy who has tattoos on his bald head um, yeah. who's you know like cussing up a storm uh, and things like that um, because that is just like that's other they need to stay away from that mm-hmm. when that is that's the opposite thing that that paul tells us to do mm-hmm. um, in first corinthians 9 in 1 Corinthians 9, Paul talks about how, how he became a, a Jew to the Jews. So he embraced his Jewish heritage when necessary. Right. Um, he put himself under the law, even though he didn't have to, mm-hmm. um, to, to reach those who are under the law. He, he didn't put himself under the law when necessary. He became right. a, like a Gentile when necessary. He, he even made himself weak when he needed to. In order to break down these these tribal divides, yeah, and and do what he needed to do, in order to save some people, yeah, um, and that's that's kind of like the wording. So, or in order that some may be saved, and unfortunately, as Christians, we we often we've gotten away from that. And some of us, you know, there's still a lot of amazing believers out there who are doing amazing things. But but there would be times where like I've caught myself doing that, and I've 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 not wanted to um, become all things to all people. Yeah. Uh, in order to bring the gospel to them and that's the deadliness of tribalism within the Christian church. Absolutely. Um, is that if we don't uh go against this ridiculous idea no matter if it comes from postmodernism or or this just sinful nature or uh you know wherever then then people will spend an eternity with separated from God because we we valued this Christian tribe more than uh or this like i mean there is like christian fellowship and there is you know uh, totally you know what i'm saying yes but yeah so anyway
1: yeah so so where to ask a question where does inclusivity what role does that play you know so so i guess i guess to play like devil's advocate here sure does that mean we just accept everybody you know we, we go, we the pendulum swings to the other side mm-hmm. from the tribalism, sep- separatist individualism to everyone is everything all the time. Right. We're all together. Well,
0: what Paul is talking about in this passage is not eating with sinners, but sinning with sinners, or and sinning with sinners. That's not mm-hmm. what he's talking about. He's talking about dialoguing with sinners and calling them to faith and repentance. Right. That's what he's talking about. Right. And so if we are trying to seek to break down these walls of tribalism and we are saying, if we are ever saying that it's okay to, to yes, come to Jesus and place your faith in him, but mm-hmm. not to repent, then we are doing a horrible disservice to the gospel because that's not the gospel. Yeah. That's a different gospel. Right. Uh, and so that is where that dividing line comes in, in, mm-hmm. in my opinion, and I think in... Uh, biblically speaking we have to call people to faith and repentance right. but we can cross those lines we can we can eat with sinners uh, right. for no for lack of a better terminology and we can we can dialogue with them we can share life with them right but that doesn't mean that we say that a sin is not a sin in order to to bring them to Christ because that's not that's right. not how that works right. and that's not the way that god uh, has called us to fulfill the Great Commission.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think that is, that's where the tribalism comes in. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think for a lot of Christians, when we, you know, we go, so say, you know, you're, uh, you can hang out with someone who's not a believer for so long until they do something or they say something that that is completely against you as a believer or or what you believe mm-hmm. and and it's offensive or it's it's uh uncomfortable and I think we have to be okay with that yeah like that, yeah. that that's the thing like we we have to get rid of that like us versus you or you versus us kind of feeling mm-hmm. of sure I, I have a faith in in this and and I'm a believer and you're not you don't you don't believe in that but we can disagree on that and and it and it still be okay.
0: Yeah, I think um, it,
1: I can have a conversation with you yeah. and 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 being confident in that and telling telling you confidently what I believe without you getting offended. Mm-hmm. And you should be able to tell me what you think about that without me getting offended. Right. And anyway, that's in I guess the perfect world. Air quotes. Yeah, right. And um, well,
0: and we're not. We don't live in that perfect world. But I think, exactly. Exactly. I think it, it all comes down to the way that Christians view that otherness of non-believers. Right. So, okay, so Ephesians two talks about how how unbelievers are children of wrath, and when we look at that verse and we recognize that our unbelieving friends are children of wrath and they're walking in the ways of the world like we were, like we were before we were saved. Right. Does that cause us to push them away does it cause us to not want to be around them Mm -hmm. or does it break our hearts does it uh, cause us to want to lay down our lives in order to share the gospel with them right Uh, and so it all comes down to like that reaction of the understanding of where that otherness comes from with the unbeliever
1: right like truly understanding where we stand Mm -hmm. versus where Someone who doesn't believe stands right, and, and like seeing the reality of that, because yeah, uh, you know, it it really clarifies things.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, well, hey man, I think we are like almost right on time. I think wow, we're doing pretty good. Oh my gosh, I'm impressed with us, man. Yeah. Um, <sighs> well, cool. This was awesome, and I think like it's like all the conversations we have. I feel like it can keep going forever and ever, but we'll we'll end it here, sadly. But uh, yeah, do you have anything to, to plug? Do you have like social media things? Do I have social media things? Yeah. Like personally?
1: Yeah. I I mean I guess because people can I'm on, like I'm on Facebook and Twitter. That, you're on Twitter? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. I don't remember the last time I posted any it. anything on either of those. Right, right. But I am I am actually on it pretty regularly. Well, I if someone wanted to awesome.
0: come in and creep on you and look at all of your all the, the pictures of your beautiful face it's mostly Where my family they find you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh so facebook it's uh ethan john um and twitter i think it's ethan hundley i'm pretty sure about that. Is it
0: like at ethan hundley with a little, little probably sign?
1: I, uh, gotcha it's again I, I i'm on it but i don't really use it that often sure so i'm not really sure i can tell you gotcha Gotcha. Yeah. what about hey, you that's
0: okay Um, Well, okay, so you can find Truth for Doubt on Instagram and Facebook. So on Facebook, just search Truth for Doubt, and you'll find us um, on Instagram. We are uh, at truth underscore four underscore doubt. So I'll say it again because that's kind of complicated. Number or the word four? Oh, number four. So it is truth underscore the number four underscore doubt. Um and if you follow us on on Instagram and on Facebook you can uh kind of see some updates about things that are that are coming up with Truth for Doubt uh you can uh, see some uh commercials of our upcoming interviews and things yeah, like that. New so,
1: interviews. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, yeah, we have some uh, a new interview coming up soon. I'll be interviewing this guy named Joseph Lacudo yeah. uh who is this amazing um uh I guess you can call him a missionary, yeah. I suppose, um, from Africa. Yeah, um, I am
1: more interested in that. I, yeah. I realize you asked me if I was interested in helping, and I think I said no
0: before. Yeah, you jerk. But- <laughs> I want to tell him that you said that. Just kidding.
1: Uh, don't worry am, about it. I am interested.
0: But this guy's awesome, so I hope you guys get excited very about this excited. interview. Because um, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, and I'll have him give his testimony and stuff um, and kind of give you a little bit of a background on who he is, but um, I believe he converted to Islam. Okay. Um, and then in kind of like doing some investigation of Wait, his faith. Wait, converted to yeah, Islam so he from was what? From nothing. From, okay, like, okay. From, uh, from my understanding, nothing. And this was a couple of years ago he told me this, okay. so I, I could be wrong. Um, but he, he converted to Islam, did like some studying, kind of like Nabil Qureshi, who was uh, Muslim, and then he started investigating his faith and became Christian. So basically the same thing, I think, with Joseph. Um, and then he uh, ended up instituting one of the first uh, Bible colleges in his region. Oh, cool. In Africa. And um, he's just an amazing guy and has an amazing ministry with uh, with Muslims. And so we're going to be talking about wow. how we as Christians can be engaging our Muslim uh, friends and uh, neighbors and coworkers and all that kind of totally. stuff.
1: Totally. Man, so, that is awesome.
0: Yeah. So be looking forward to that. That'll be hopefully out um, not this week, but next week. Yep. So. Yeah. So anyway, uh, also, if you would like to support Truth For Doubt, we're trying to get some things figured out with the Patreon. So um, be looking forward to that. We kind of maybe preemptively launched it last week. Sorry about that. Don't look at that right now. But you can also go to uh, truthfordoubt.com give if you would like to support us. Again, we do the podcast. We do interviews um we have some articles hopefully i'm uh going to be having more of those up in the near future and then we also have our first of hopefully many uh apologetic kind of like 2d animated explainer videos so i'm very one. excited about yeah that. i hope it goes well man yeah I, i'm really I'm, I'm excited about it it's 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 in the process right now but it should be done within the next week or two all right um and so uh yeah so if you'd like to see more of those things um, if you'd like to see the gospel spread through the Truth For Doubt ministry, please, please go to truthfordoubt.com slash give and uh, become become a partner with us. Yeah. So. Oh,
1: and um, if you're listening on whether it be SoundCloud or um, iTunes. iTunes or Spotify, um, please subscribe if, you're, if you like what you hear. Leave a comment and give us a, a good rating. Um, if you don't, then don't I guess that's yeah, my
0: fine. my emotions can't handle negative reviews oh so, uh, yeah yeah I'm uh it's us versus them I'm yeah I'm unbelievably sensitive <laughs> so gotta be careful there so anyway thanks guys for listening and uh, we will talk to you again sometime right. soon good night